I want to start every Sunday this way, you know? The, uh, now, I will admit that the humidity is, my, my, my head's sweating, you know? It, uh, I'll, I'll admit that the humidity is getting to me. But I want to start every Sunday this way. There is no better way to start Resurrection Sunday than to watch new birth happen. And that's what we have seen in both of our services today. So we have, we have truly been blessed today. I want to, uh, I want to pick up, we, uh, we talked a little bit of, from Luke 24 in our early service. I don't want to pick back up in Luke 24, but we're going to start more at the beginning this morning. We're going to talk about promises. Promises. Now, one of the things that drives us crazy is empty promises, right? We hear them constantly from our political leaders. We hear that if you watch TV, then it's just full of empty promises, right? Because every commercial tells you that you can be uh, sexier and lose weight and, and be rich and, and you can be all these things if you just buy their stuff, right? But it's empty promises. This world is just full of empty promises. But what we celebrate today is different. God is different. God doesn't give us empty promises. God promises us the empty. And that's what we're gonna, we celebrate today. We celebrate today because God promised us the empty. And I think there are three specific promises that we look at on, on a day like today. And that is the empty cross, the empty tomb, and the empty burial cloths. I think those three are the promise of empty. Our lives actually depend upon the promise of empty. And so let's read. We're going to read Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. It will be up here behind me, but uh, if you want to turn there, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, breaking, bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying it was necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women who were with them were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them. And they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. When he stopped to look in, he saw only the linen cloths. So he went away amazed at what had happened. So I said there's three promises here that I think are important, important for us. The first one is the promise of the empty cross. The empty cross. What does the empty cross tell us? The empty cross tells us that our sin is forgiven. The empty cross tells us that our past is forgiven. Put yourself for a minute in the shoes of these women. 
Now, we don't know exactly where the tomb of Jesus is today. We, and there's even a lot of discussion of whether, whether this place or this place is the, the, the hill of the skull, Golgotha. So we don't know exactly, but just imagine for a minute, just picture in your head that they have to pass the cross as they go to the tomb. Can you see that in your head? They pass the cross as, as they head to the tomb. Now, they know Jesus' body is gone. They watched him being pulled down. Jesus' body is removed the day before because, actually two days before, because it's, it's removed before the Sabbath. And they are going the first day of the week after Sabbath. They're going on Sunday. So Friday, his, his body is removed, and they, they watch that happen. Now, there's no reason to believe that the two thieves that were crucified with Jesus were taken down that day. They were not, they would not have been uh, honored by the Jewish custom of taking them down before the Sabbath. So it very well may be as they walk by the cross and, and head to the tomb that the two thieves are still there. But the middle, middle cross, it's empty. Now imagine also the, the pictures that are in their heads because they have seen one that they have trusted, that they have followed for, for years now. They have seen him beaten and whipped and crucified and killed. They have seen that, and I'm sure those images are still in their head. But they pass by the empty cross. The empty cross tells us of the first promise kept. The empty cross tells us that our sin is forgiven. Our price is paid. Our past is done. The empty cross says we have a shot at being right with God. All we have to do is accept it, believe it, and we can be right with God because of the empty cross. So I think the first important empty that God promises is the empty cross. Now, this, this happened because Jesus said it was going to happen. Jesus, Jesus said that he would, they would tear down this temple and he would rebuild it in three days. He told them all of this would happen, and it has. They're, they look and see an empty cross. Now, there are those that say that Jesus didn't really die. The swoon theory, I think they call it. And it's, and it's those that think, well, he just kind of passed out. Well, if he passed out, he's, it, why did the Roman soldiers not break his leg? If he just passed out, why did they take him down from that cross? If he just passed out, why did they stick him in a tomb? He died. He died a death for us. And that empty cross shows we are forgiven. That empty cross is the first promise God keeps. He paid the price for our sin. Now, I know it's not politically correct to talk about sin. It's intolerant for me to call it sin, but God calls sin, sin. And when we lie, and when we uh, are selfish, and when we are, are trying to be God ourselves, when we're trying to be the one in charge, that's what God calls sin. We all have it. We all do it. This is something we know something about. 
I don't know what your theological education is, but you know about sin because we know what sin is. Jesus paid the price for our sin, and that empty cross is the first promise kept. That empty cross says that our sin is forgiven, that we can be right with God again. The empty cross says our past is forgiven. And then we have the empty tomb. The women look into the tomb and they see these angels. And the angels say, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. And this word risen in the Greek is what's called a divine passive. It's the power of God that has risen Jesus from the dead. The very power of God. It's right there in the language. And so the empty tomb tells us that, that there is another great promise kept. And that is that he is risen. He said he would. He said that, that they'll tear this, this temple down and in three days I'll rebuild it. He said that he would rise. God told Abraham that, that his offspring would bless the whole world and it has happened. The empty tomb tells us we have life. The empty tomb tells us that we don't, we don't have to go through this life trudging along, carrying our sin. The cross, the empty cross tells us our sin is forgiven. Our past is taken care of. And the empty tomb tells us we have a present. We have a today. Today matters. We have eternal purpose. We have eternal meaning to our lives because the empty tomb tells us that. We are a new creation in Christ because of the empty tomb. So the empty cross tells us our past is forgiven, our sin is forgiven. The empty tomb tells us that that we have life today, that we have a present, that we have a purpose and a meaning to our lives today. We can live with power because of the empty tomb. So the women go back and they tell the disciples what they've seen. They've seen the empty tomb. They've talked to these two angels, probably men in dazzling clothes, so probably angels. And, and, and what do the disciples do? They go, <laughs> foolishness. <laughs> That's nonsense. It sounds like nonsense to me. It, uh, th- these, these foolish women are just idle talk. That is, what is this about? But Peter is, is his, his curiosity is peaked. I like Peter. Peter's curiosity is peaked. He has to go look for himself. So he does, and he, and he sees that the, when he gets to the tomb, he sees that the stone is rolled away. Now, we, we talk about that, but, but do you realize what that takes? Because this, this stone that would have been in front of the tomb probably weighed at least a ton. And being that it was a rich man's tomb, it probably had a groove in the ground that it rolled into to seal. And it's just moved. It's moved. Rolled away. And Peter sees it, and he looks in. And what he sees are the empty burial cloths. The empty burial cloths. He looks down and sees the, the, the burial linen still there. And this is in every account of the resurrection, the empty burial cloths. Why? Why is this important? Well, I can give you a couple of reasons. First of all, if, his, if the body of Jesus was just stolen by his disciples, there is no way a Jewish man would have touched a body without the burial cloths on. No way. And if it was stolen by the Romans, why would they take the burial cloths off first? It doesn't make sense. They'd have just taken the whole body, right? No, this tells us Jesus is resurrected 
in the flesh. The empty burial cloths tell us that, that Jesus is risen in human form. Like you and I. He came here in human form like you and I. He came here to struggle like we struggle. He came here to suffer like we suffer. He came here to live like we live. And he told us to follow him. And now the empty burial cloths tell us that he showed us the way through death as well. He has not only showed us how to live, he showed us how to die. He showed us how to, how to get through death and come out the other side. The empty burial cloths tell us we will rise also. He rose physically. Now, I think you could make the case that he still has the physical body because Revelation talks about the, the marks on his hands and his side are still visible. We, if you read the after-resurrection accounts, you see Jesus in, in full body form appearing in locked rooms. You see him eating fish with his disciples. You see him, you see Thomas touching his hand and his side. He is in, in a physical body. The empty burial cloths tell us that he is risen physically. This isn't some spiritual uh, resurrection. And honestly, if you were going to make this story up, that would be the way you'd go, right? Yeah, that's his body, but he rose spiritually. No, his body's gone. The empty burial cloths tell us the resurrection is real. They tell us the resurrection is physical and real. So the empty cross tells us that our sin is forgiven, that our past is paid for. The empty tomb tells us we have life today. We have a present. And the empty burial cloths tell us we have a future. We have a future with Christ. He showed us how this all works. And I will say this also. The empty burial cloths do not call us to a religion. They call us to a relationship with the one who rose. They don't call us to a church. They don't call us to a faith system. It doesn't call us to a religious system. It calls us to a relationship with the one who rose. The empty burial cloths show us we have a future. So we hate empty promises, but we have the promises of the empty. Our faith is based on the promises of the empty, the empty cross, the empty tomb, and the empty burial cloths tell us our faith is real. They tell us that our faith matters. They tell us that our faith may, makes a difference today, makes a difference in our life right now. The empty cross, the empty tomb, the empty burial cloths call us to a relationship with Christ. They call us to a relationship with the risen Lord, with the Savior who died and rose again to give us life. Your new life is in the empty cross, the empty tomb, and the empty burial cross. That's where your new life is. We have seen in, our, in, in two baptisms, four baptisms if you've been here for both services, we have seen what new life is. Buried in the likeness of his death, 
risen to new life in Christ. We have seen new life pictured for us in these who have been baptized today. Our new life, our faith, is in the empty cross, the empty tomb, and the empty burial cloth. The empty cross tells us our sin is forgiven. Our past is paid for. The empty tomb tells us we have a, 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 a present, we have power, we have meaning, we have purpose today. And the empty burial cloths tell us we have a future. Do you trust the empty cross, the empty tomb, and the empty burial cloth? Do you trust them? Is your faith in that Christ? I'm going to ask that you bow your head. I simply want you to answer this question between you and God. Are you trusting what you can do? Are you trusting religion? Are you trusting a faith system? Are you trusting that, that your parents were saved? Are you trusting anything other than the empty cross for you? The empty tomb for you? the empty burial cloth for you. You can trust all of those. You can place your faith today in the empty cross, the empty tomb, and the empty burial cloth. It's as simple as a prayer. And you can just pray along with me in your own words. You say, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've done things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin but I trust that Jesus died on that cross in my place. He died to pay my price. And so I ask you to forgive me because his finished work on the cross. And I trust the empty tomb that he rose again to give me life. So I ask you to forgive me and I ask you to come into my life and give me new life today. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. And let me know. Double your neighbor, let them know. Maybe this morning, you know Christ. But you've, you've just let all of, these, all of these important things get drowned out by the noise of the world. Will you spend today on the empty cross, the empty tomb, and the empty burial cloth. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for what we celebrate today. We thank you that we, our past is forgiven. Our present has meaning and purpose. And our future is secure because of this day. We thank you. And we pray in Jesus' name.